1: He was a relatively young professor there at University of Illinois. His name was Mike Darter. And uh, yes,
0: I know Mike. <laughs> and uh,
1: he he had just graduated from University of Texas and he made a phone call to somebody at the highway department in Texas. They called me within an hour and said, OK, when do you want to start? And I said, well, don't you want to interview me or something? And they said, oh, we don't have money for that. But Mike said that we should definitely hire you. So. Just tell us
0: when you can get here. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I mean, talk about the power of connections and the being able to leverage the people in your network uh, to help you with those opportunities as you share what your needs are. So for those of you that are tuning into the video or maybe tuning into the podcast, you came in on a conversation that Jerry and I was having. Uh, welcome to the Engineer Your Success podcast. This podcast is... Uh, designed to provide you tools, tips, and techniques that can help you win at work and at home. Uh, They're solo episodes. We interview other engineering managers all talking about the different things that they're doing, both in their careers and how they're designing the life that they love. And I have an absolute pleasure of being able to have Jerry on the podcast. Jerry, why don't you introduce yourself to the podcast listeners?
1: My name is Jerry Deliden. Um, I am the middle child of six, um, and I I actually ended up going into engineering um, totally by coincidence. I'm a person of faith. I think you'll come to discover I actually got accepted at Illinois in architecture, and when I showed up the the first day to register, the dean of architecture pulled me aside. I thought, oh, great, I'm already in trouble. (laughs) I haven't even started yet. He says, "Um, you're at the wrong school. I said, excuse me? He says, you need to be an engineer. I said, I I wanted to be an architect. I want to build things. I want to, you know, develop and construct, you know, brilliant things in the world. He says, I know you you can do that with engineering, too. He says, you know, looking at all of your transcript, you need to be an engineer. If you don't mind, let me call the dean of engineering. And I think he will he will drop everything and come over here. And sure enough, the dean of engineering got in his car, drove across campus, picked me up, and said, you know, at least humor me and hear me out. But I think you'll discover that you you'd be pretty successful in engineering. Wow. And I had to, you know, call my dad and say, um, they want me to switch to engineering. He's like, well, you know, this is your call, son. You gotta <laughs> make some choices. Um, and sure enough, I you know, I graduated in like three years in engineering the dean pulled me aside after two years and said, okay, um, I hope you don't mind. I've already registered you for grad school, um, and I just need you to, you know, go over and speak with this new young assistant professor we've got. His name's Mike Darter, and you're going to be his grad assistant, and I I was like, whoa, 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 time out. (laughs) I don't have the money for this. I'm not sure my dad's going to accept this, and, uh, you know, he just laughed. He said, well, you go ahead and talk to your dad about it, but make sure you tell him that it's all paid for. There's no money under your pocket. We're going to give you a stipend so that you can pay for your housing. There shouldn't be a concern. But if there is, you by all means, come back and talk to me. And the rest is history. I mean, my dad said, what are you doing? Say yes and thank you and uh, move on with your life. So that, a lot of that, again, it has to do with faith and, and surrounding yourself with good people that help you to make good decisions.
0: Yeah. That is awesome. Um, You know, it's interesting. You know, we made this point earlier about the people that you have around you and being able to leverage your network, but also just being available. And it's what I was thinking about this concept earlier today, actually, you know, we talk about promotion, but what I was thinking about was grow motion, meaning that you grow yourself into that next stage of what you're doing by how you're serving by how you are performing at the level that you are. So it sounds like, you know, your transcripts, everything spoke, you know, for you to the dean of architecture says this guy needs to be in engineering. As you are working there and doing your studies and however else you're showing up on campus, the dean of engineering says, you know what? This guy's going to be a great candidate for grad school. Let's go ahead and push him along the way. And so when you're able to, Really focus where you are and do the best that you can where you are, even if you're not trying to impress anybody else and you're showing up as authentically yourself, people will take notice.
1: Yeah, it's it's not only knowing that people will notice you, but allowing them to help. I mean, some people think it very uncomfortable letting other people into their lives. But as long as you can recognize someone genuinely cares about you then work with them to, to build a better tomorrow. I mean, you know, it's pretty much that simple. Yeah.
0: Well, it's simple. And I just did an email about this. Simple is not the same thing as easy, right? It can be simple. You can understand that it's the simple steps, but it's not always easy to do it because there are issues that we have to push through limiting beliefs that we have to set aside, whatever it is, um, to allow those things to happen. So you've talked about, Early on, you're in college, you graduate, you go to interviews, everything's at the nuclear power plants. You don't want to do that. Uh, you you talk to Mike Darter. He gives a call down to Texdot. They're ready to hire you. So you go down to Texas. What, what happened next in your career?
1: Well, so I I was very fortunate, again, because I worked for some really incredible people who saw my passion. Um, you know, they knew that I, I had. Information that they needed. I, I remember I tell the story of a, uh, one of the deputy directors at the Iowa Department. I was 22, 23 years old. And mm-hmm. he says, I, I booked the, the uh, state plane for you. You need to fly up to, uh, at the time, I think it was Wichita Falls. He says, You need to talk to the district engineer. And I remember his name was Mr. Byron Bloschke, was the deputy director. And Byron tells me, he says, Jerry, uh, you know, you need to go and help this person because he doesn't know what to do and you have all his capability in concrete pavement rehabilitation. I said, I'm 22 years old. He's got 44 years with the department. He says, that's not the point. You know something that he could benefit from. Just go get on the plane and be pleasant, be a good listener and help him out. And uh, anyway, I thoroughly enjoyed that job. The, The people I worked for did everything in their power to help me grow and develop. Um, And interestingly enough, after four or five years, this program started, it was called the Strategic Highway Research Program. Mm -hmm. And my boss asked me to pick all the sections from Texas to nominate for consideration in this program, I found like, I don't know, a ridiculous number, we still joke about it, because (laughs) it, it was, it's Texas, we, I think I sent in over 250 sections. Yeah, anyway. You know, at one point, you know, I was asked, would you be interested in going on loan for the strategic highway research program? And, I said, you know, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I would. And at the time, I had, again, I have six kids. I had a two-year-old and a one-year-old and my wife was expecting. Oh, wow. My wife already told me, she says, no, no, we can do this. It's all good. I think it'd be fun. She liked DC. Well, let's go do this and right in that time span where we were literally packing the house um she was doing a month and she found out she was having twins oh. and she's like i'm not sure that i can do four kids under 2 you know all by myself in dc so i had to go back to mr Blaschke and tell him you know i'm not sure that i can actually go through with this he was he was not Upset, he was visibly disappointed because I think he he was excited about Sharp, I was excited, but he he, you know he understood the reasoning. Again, my family comes first, all all of that. And so I withdrew, and my office mate James Soussen went instead of me. (laughs) And (laughs) and James turned out to have a phenomenal time as one of the first lone staff people and really thoroughly enjoyed it. So you know, Lord works in mysterious ways, but as a result of that. Some other people found out my interest in Sharp, a man by the name of Brent Rahat, um, was go- he wanted to be one of the regional offices and said, well, Jerry, you've volunteered, you nominated 300 sites for Texas. I'm going to need somebody to help. If you're interested, I'd like to put you in my proposal. And you know, my first response was, no, I, I don't want to be a consultant. I loved the highway department. I really genuinely love the highway department. Mm-hmm. And I went home and I told my wife what had happened. And, you know, Gail says, you were rude. You need to go back and at least hear that man out. <laughs> didn't give him an opportunity to explain. And so I, I went back and uh, met with Brent and he said, you know, you don't have to leave the highway department. You just, if, if I don't win, then you stay at the highway department. If I win, you now get to be moving on to the next part of your life, which is, you know, expanding how we assess pavements going Mm -hmm. forward. Okay. I'll get you a copy of my resume. I figured, you know, there's no harm here. (laughs) It
0: sounds like you were really reluctant there, Jerry. It was like, uh, I don't know, we'll see.
1: Well, you, you know, imagine if I leave a, a good job and find out that they don't win it. It was all just a fluke or whatever. Now I've got four kids, and I've got, yes, I've got a problem.
0: <laughs> That's a very real problem. <laughs>
1: yeah. but, but anyway, what what was hysterically funny uh, again? Because I worked for a, a fantastic individual named Jim Brown, Um, and. Jim Brown was on the review panel for the regional contracts. Very, you know, ever present in the pavement industry back in the eighties. And Mm -hmm. he came into my office He kind of chuckled. Actually, you know, I don't even think he came into my office. I think he, we live in the same little town North of Austin. So he came to my house. (laughs) "Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I I'm reviewing all the proposals and I, I saw your resume in the proposal. Oh, and he said, you know, don't worry, you know, I understand, I understand your passion, I understand your interest. If if I was young enough, I would have probably said I wanted to do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> but wow. I just wanted you to know that it's all good. You don't have to, you know, be whatever about it. But, you know, I did see it. So don't worry about it. And the rest is history. Brent won the Southern Region contract, and I think we did the Southern Region Coordination Office for some, well, from 88 to like 30 years. At Banowitz Marketing, we succeed when you succeed. Build a thriving family business with great marketing that actually works. How? Start with comprehensive marketing direction and a clear action plan. Then get attentive expert help and choose whether that help comes as done for you services or as done with you guidance. Visit us at thrivingfamilybusiness.com to get started today.
0: Wow. So so you were interested in being a loan staff to look at the strategic highway research program for those people that aren't familiar with the acronym. So you were gonna go to DC as a loan staff there. For the national academies within TRB, and and do that. Your wife is finds out finds out you're having twins, so you're going to have you know four kids. How how many of them are going to be under two? just two of them, or three? The oldest oldest one was two. The youngest one. Oh my goodness! So and so she rightfully so says, "Hey, uh, I'm going to put my hand up. This is <laughs> this is not going to work. Uh, something's going to be there. So you kind of give up on." that piece of a dream and say, okay, I'll go back. But it's interesting how the opportunity to work in the pavements area and to work in that area of interest seems to pursue you.
1: It's again just being surrounded by good people, you know, having people that understand your interests, your passions and help you achieve them, find a way to, you know, make all the pieces come together.
0: Cool. That's awesome. So how long did you do? You said you did that for, where you guys were managing that section for 30-something years?
1: Yeah, almost 30 years. I mean, it, and it was interesting over the years. I mean, meeting all sorts of interesting people, especially with Sharp, you know, um, ultimately, I think the last 20 years of it was Aramis Lopez. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, humorous story, Aramis, maybe I shouldn't say this. Well, it doesn't matter. I think he'll do he used to keep score of how many kids were getting their college paid for by the LTBP program. Oh wow! And so everybody who'd worked on the program and how many kids they had and how many kids went to college, you know, he was keeping count. Oh so cool! You know, and he would he would joke about it and stuff, but you know, knowing full well that you know people do work for their family, yeah, and as long as they're doing a respectable job, they get to continue. In those endeavors. I mean, that's the reality of the world we live in. You mm, know, that is cool. Obviously, it spun off into all sorts of other things because, you know, as you develop those skills for pavement assessment and things like that, we started doing a lot more pavement evaluation. I mean, even at an early, you know, if LTP started in 88, by the 90s, my kids were teasing me because they were saying, Dad, there has to be a better way to do this than for you to walk down the side of the road and make Pictures the pencil, of what yeah. the room looks like. And they said, you know, they have devices now that are like they're called cameras. You can even get video cameras. So they were pushing me and challenging me to think bigger. My mm-hmm. kids were challenging me to think bigger. Um, and as a result, I actually started one of the first TRB subcommittees on digital pavement assessment oh, back wow. in the I think it was in the early 90s, 91, 92 timeframe. And, you know, by the end of the 90s, we had vans that would do pavement assessment fully digitally.
0: Yeah. So you've been able to kind of see the evolution of the pavement assessment industry from going out doing the manual visual surveys to the evolution of the digital technology to even where we are now.
1: Um, It is a big part of being an engineer to want to find more efficient ways to do the things we do. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. So what would you say is has been the biggest um, innovation from your perspective in the pavement management or pavement assessment area?
1: I, you know, probably, you know, obviously our industry can't take credit for it. But once the computers had the capability to store all of that digital information, it pretty much took over our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it possible for us now to do all the continuous pavement assessments that we do today, uh, whether it's intelligent compaction or GPR, or you know now we have continuous uh, structural assessment so that yeah. you can measure structural response. Um, all of that was predicated on the ability to store these massive amounts of digital information.
0: Yeah, and I imagine that you guys are writing algorithms and other things to help you identify what the issues are. So it's not just storing the data, but how you change, transform that data into useful information.
1: It, 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 the, the analysis is certainly critical, but I can assure you that there are also already people thinking of, do we really need to be out on the road at all to yeah. do assessments? Yeah, um, one of my daughters works for. She worked for me doing a lot of the pavement assessments from the digital imagery, mm-hmm. and ultimately ended up at this cute little uh, space company in California that is now called SpaceX. Um, and she says, "You know, I can I can do pavement assessments from our satellites. I can see every road. I can tell you what cracks are out there. Uh, I don't think that Elon would appreciate if I." focused on that priority, but I'm just telling you, you know, your, your industry is going to become obsolete. And I said, well, I'm good with that. I'm almost, I'm almost done. You're almost (laughs) done. But no,
0: but it is something to be conscious of. I think as engineers, as you know, being curious and wanting to understand what the innovations are out there, and it's not so much a doom and gloom but technology is continuing to evolve and it exists and it will, con- and it'll continue to come after our industries and after our jobs. And so I think it's, it behooves us to be aware of what those innovations are so we can leverage those innovations to help us do our work more efficiently or do our work better.
1: Yeah. It's not just, it's not an aware, just an awareness. It's to embrace them. I mean, it, if, if you become the first one to understand the value, if you will, of, you know, these types of things, you can then enhance your skill set for the people that rely on you. So you've had
0: this great career that you've been telling us about, you know, this career. Obviously, you've been very successful. You've talked about your faith. You've also talked about your six kids. Tell us a little bit more about your family. <laughs>
1: Gladly. I, I, in fact, most people have a hard time keeping them out of the conversation. So it's, uh, uh, my oldest, um, when he was young, loved to do camping, mm-hmm. and got very active in scouting. And it was kind of humorous, you know, that all our kids are very close because we have six kids under seven. Um, to this day, they still communicate. I mean, we have our own WhatsApp page that they send oh, messages wow. to each other like <laughs> 60 to 70 messages a day, literally. Anyway, he was big into scouting, eventually became an Eagle Scout, convinced his four younger brothers all that they're going to go into scouting with him. Um, Eventually decided he wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. And I was a bit apprehensive, probably not the best dad. I'm like, what's plan B? He's like, dad, there is no plan B. I am going to the Air Force Academy. And to his credit he knew what that meant and he got all the political connections he was having breakfast with governor george bush he was you know meeting with the congressmen he he had so many endorsements and support wow <laughs> um when he graduated from the air force academy you know you think about it there's 1200 kids in in a class and almost all of them are you know all the males anyway at that time were Eagle Scouts, Valedictorians, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, um, but he was the only one that they introduced as Josh the Eagle Scout. I didn't <laughs> 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 he was he was annoying, if you will, about his eagleness. But anyway, um, very hard footsteps to follow in. Super yeah. proud of him. He's obviously still in the Air Force, Air Force pilot. Uh, he's about to take on uh, responsibility for being a base commander. Um, has done very well. I think he's only got three or four more years before he's eligible to retire. so oh, wow. Um, but anyway, so he, all of his siblings kind of just desperately tried to keep up with him, if you can imagine. <laughs> his, his brother, who's a year younger, bless his heart, said, I'm gonna go and be in the Navy. And I, I had to tell him, I said, you know, I don't think that's a good idea for you. Um, you know, Josh is a rule follower. You're not a rule follower. Uh-huh. I think you need to pursue your other passions, um, which unfortunately was thrill seeking. He liked to sell fast motorcycles and cars and he could sell anything to anybody. Um, but he was an Eagle scout and he was very intelligent. Anyway, he eventually went into uh marketing and today okay. is a, in digital marketing, um, and keeps getting, you know, that's one of those fields where every six months you get another job offer for twice what you've made the month. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, f- fortunately he didn't go into the military because he still doesn't follow a direction very well. Um, <laughs> it sounds like that's working for him though. It's working very well for him. The twins are, are, uh, mirror twins. So right and left brain, one was very oh. scientific and one was very art artistic. Um, And the scientific one wanted to go into medicine and I tried to convince her that, you know, you got to do something before you just, you don't just get to go to medical school. And I said, but you're really smart. So why don't you just go into some engineering that'll get you into medical school?
0: I want to invite you to the next UnWebinar. What is an UnWebinar? It's no slides, no sales pitch, just added value. These are small group discussions that are designed to really be two way conversations between you and myself, where you can get insight and advice on the issues that you're dealing with today. The overall goal is to equip you with what you need so that you can win at work and at home. Understand you do not have to do it alone. Sign up for the next unwebinar today. So it's obvious that, um, It must not be uh, meant for this story to be out. We keep getting these glitches, Jerry, but you know what? We're going to fight through the challenges of technology. As I said, there are circumstances that are beyond our control, but we can choose how we respond to them. For, For those that are tuning in or listening in, it may seem like things have been clipped. We've had a few technology snafus. I guess that's the beauty of working from home, but since everybody's working from home, Maybe there's still big demands on the system. I don't know. No tones. So Jerry, you were talking about your daughter, how she wanted to go into medical school. And you told her that, hey, why don't you go into engineering or do something, you know, different that'll prepare you for medical school. She went on to engineering, was great and got a degree in chemical engineering and has been doing great as a chemical engineer and never went to medical school.
1: That's correct. And and it's served her very well. She has four children so and has been able to stay home with her kids oh. and run all the, the robots at Samsung just from her living room, basically. Oh, cool. so, so she's been having a lot of fun with that. Um, the, the interesting part is the other daughter graduated in fine arts. She desperately wanted to be an artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, she actually wanted to work for Disney. But after she got her undergraduate degree she went to Savannah College of Art and Design and got two, two master's degrees to better prepare her went to LA to you know chase you know the Disney people down so she could go work for them and couldn't get anybody to even talk to her she finally found this little company that was making rockets or some weirdness in LA um and it, I had no idea what she was talking about it turned out you know today now she's worked 10 years for SpaceX wow um you know and and loved every second of it and people are like how does an artist end up there but she knew animation she had taken a degree in metal sculpting and they said this is the perfect combination for us you know we machine every part of ourselves so we need somebody to draw them up and then make sure they're manufactured exactly to the specs oh wow um
0: So that that sounds like some other kind of story that can be told about the issues that we go through in life and how we're being shaped into, you know, shaped for something better in the future.
1: Yeah, I, I, I always come back to it's just about, you know, having faith and allowing, you know, the world to carry you where you're meant to be rather than forcing something that maybe for whatever reason isn't.
0: Oh, that that you know what, Jerry, I'm, I'm loving, uh, you know the story about your kids. There's there's a, or at
1: least what two more, two more kids. There's two more. There's two okay. boys. <laughs> boys. But same same story, second verse. I mean the the third boy. Everybody teases me because I call him number one son, number two son, number three son, number four son. But number <laughs> number three son, uh, actually went in to be a teacher. And, you know, for a multitude of reasons, you can imagine with all his overachiever uh, older siblings, you know, he he just felt like, okay, this isn't right. So he went to grad school to become a principal mm-hmm. and, and quickly decided that, you know, he was very upset that everybody wasn't raising their kids the same way he was raised. And he said, why is it my responsibility to raise all these kids? <laughs> <laughs> said you know life's full of choices you just have to decide what it is you want to do and he eventually went into construction so he's in home construction now oh, wow. uh, even after you know he he was an assistant principal uh, I think maybe even a principal for a little while but uh, just it, it just was so frustrating so exhausting that to the point where he was thinking he wasn't going to have kids mm-hmm. and you know my daughter-in-law ultimately she says he you know, on the WhatsApp page, I was joking about, she sent out a message to all of his siblings and says, you got to help me convince him that we can't go through life without kids. <laughs> um, so number, number nine grandchild was born about two months ago. So
0: oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. So it's one more son, right? Number
1: four, last son decided he was going to do the service thing. He's also a very much a, a rule follower, um, And yet his brother convinced me, you know, you don't have to go to the Air Force Academy to fly. Mm -hmm. Um, And he convinced him that he should go to the Coast Guard Academy. And I remember when he got there and started getting the beatings and all that kind of stuff that they do there. (laughs) They got to break you down so they can build you back up. But he eventually found out. He's like, Dad, you know, Josh never told me that at the Coast Guard Academy, there's only 250 kids in my class. And only 10% of them get to be pilots. Oh, wow. And I told him, I said, that well, sounds like you better get off the phone and start studying. <laughs> um, so again, rest is history. He graduated number 23, and uh, he's been a helicopter pilot for the Coast Guard for, well, at least 10 years. Yeah. So, oh, wow.
0: Uh, you've done, it sounds like you've done a great job with. Uh, your kids and incorporating your family um, just into what you're doing and not necessarily just having success at work or in your career, but having success at home. You know, some of the things that, you know, I'll ask all of the guests is what are some success principles that you would give to people that may be looking to have that success at work and at home?
1: I I always I mean I think if you ask my kids they would tell you they got sick of hearing me say you can accomplish anything if you put your mind to it mm-hmm. um, and you know I for some people that it you know Jerry's expectations were just too high you know it's like I, I can't do it but. My, this, all learned that, you know, maybe Dad's right. We can do anything we put our minds to. That may mean that we have to do things a little different than what we intended or whatever, but it it is true. And um, the other beyond that is making sure you surround yourself with good people. I mean, when my kids got active in scouting, I had to admit to them, I'm not a boy scout. I never was a boy scout. I don't even know what a boy scout's supposed to do. Mm But there are people that love that just as much as you do, you know, make sure that you uh, spend as much time with them as you can to understand better what that expectation truly means. Yeah. And, you know, the same is true in anything that we do. If, if you, you know, we call it mentorship today, that's a fancy word, but uh, you know, it all it really means is finding people that y- you you know, have a certain level of respect for or appreciation for what they've accomplished and let them come into your life to help, you know, answer questions and steer a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too many people want to do all the steering themselves and refuse to let anybody help them. You know, it's like, what, what are you trying to do that? You really could be over here and probably be way more happy and way more successful.
0: Yeah. You don't have to do it alone. If you no. choose to, that's on you. You do not have to do it alone. You can have success both in, in business and in life. Uh, you have to open yourself up to the possibilities and being able to um, experience those relationships, that those opportunities for relationships along the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I definitely agree with the, you know, you can achieve anything that you put your mind to. I'm going to be reiterating that to my kids probably this evening hey, guys, you can achieve, achieve anything that you can put your mind to. I'm going to tell them about how great your kids are to see if I can uh, get them to uh, <laughs> want to maybe be uh, work for SpaceX or uh, fly planes or go into the Coast Guards. Um, but like you, I love being a dad. I love being around my family. I love being an engineer. And I love having great conversations with people like you.
1: It, 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 it's fun. You know, life is meant to be fun. You know, and it, it, it's kind of humorous to me, you know, when people say, well, what does an engineer do? And I said, well, i just like to know how things work and see if I can make them work better. Yep. I mean, that, that is what we do. I mean.
0: No, you're right. And here's another secret, Jerry. And I, I've said this on the show before. Some of the listeners may be familiar. If you're new to the show, I want you to listen in. I really want you to listen in. Engineers are people, too. We deal with the same issues that everybody else deals with. We're people too. We may think differently, but we're still people, and we still struggle through the same issues. Um, and it's really important for us to not only talk about our successes at work and how we deal with difficult times at work, but also how we're moving through and incorporating our family.
1: It's it's <laughs> amongst you know my closer friends, you know the, the running joke is that we're all OCD. We we <laughs> just like everything organized and methodical and and you know to me that's not a limitation that's a huge bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, I met my you know one of my wife's coworkers. She's a she teaches nurses, and uh, they said, "Oh, you're the engineer." That she was telling me how you always have to have a certain logic to everything that happens, and I said, "Well, I guess I've never thought of it that way, but." <laughs> Yes, I do plan with a purpose, so if you want to call it that, you know, but it is the reason when people graduate from engineering school, they're highly sought after to work in a variety of fields outside of engineering because of the way they think.
0: Hey, this is James, and I'm here to help you when at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. We're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving, so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. Yes, yes. I had one interview where a young lady. She had her got her degree in civil engineering. And then she went to Duke's business school and got a MBA and now she's in the marketing. And so people are like, well, how did a person with an engineering background, are you still an engineer? And her comment is, yes, I engineer all day long. I just engineer marketing solutions. I, I engineer these types of solutions because she has that logical engineering thought process of how to work through and create solutions to problems.
1: Yeah, it's it, I think it was just last week, you know, the Turner Fairbanks there in D.C. had the big data sciences payment symposium. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about data analysts and the fact that they were they were training up people to be data scientists and they were being stolen by banks and by, uh, you know, Amazon. And, you know, I said it's the reality of the world we live in. If you have someone who is highly talented, they are going to be sought after and. Mm-hmm there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you either have to, you know, help them see value and you have, or they're going to find other places to take their talents.
0: Yeah. So Jerry, as we get ready to conclude our interview, are there any parting words that you would have for the listeners of the engineer success podcast?
1: Enjoy every minute because it passes way too fast. (laughs) Every time Every time I have a friend that has a new child, make sure you enjoy it every single minute because before you know it, you know, it, it's gone.
0: So you want to make the most out of every opportunity. Absolutely. Um, you want to understand that anything you put your mind to, you can absolutely go after and, you know, complete. You want to surround yourself with good people, right? And absolutely. just continue to... Just make your time count. Um, Jerry, I'm going to thank you for the interview. Thank you for your time. I'm going to end this podcast like I end every podcast. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And there's a select group of people that actually follow through, do it, and are living the life of their dreams. And Jerry, I want to thank you for being one of those people and showing how you can live a life of your
1: dreams. Thank you. Thank you, James. I enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life. And it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.